On this episode of Locked On Lightning, we discuss more about last night's win against the Nashville Predators. We answer some fan mailbag, and we look towards tomorrow afternoon's game against the Florida Panthers. All that more, but first, let's play that music. You're Locked On Lightning, your daily podcast on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode of Locked On Lightning, we're discussing more about last night's game. We open up some more mail and we discuss tomorrow's matchup against the Florida Panthers. But first, I want to remind you that today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. So, picking up from last night, uh, if you didn't catch our late night episode, we got it out a couple couple hours after the game but we got it out nonetheless uh an impressive win for the Tampa Bay Lightning uh a, a 5-2 win at home against the Nashville Predators uh, a game uh in which I I equated it to you know I I think that throughout the course of a season any season we kind of look for that one game that sticks for with us and I, I think that this will be in the conversation down the road. I mean, we will – we have tons of hockey left to play. So, I mean, there could be a multitude of games that could occur from now until the uh, the end of the regular season in which we could say that that was a perfect win, uh, a, a win in which uh, was just tasted so sweet. I think really only – Anything I could top this, I think, in my opinion, is probably going to be a performance what we saw from last night from our our skaters. But and then you couple that with a Vasilevsky uh, shutout, or even last night. I mean, last night, I, I I think that a couple of plays don't go the Predators' way, and. We could be very well sitting, be sitting here discussing Brian Elliott, who, um, you know, I forgot to mention last time. I mean, Brian Elliott really has just from day one has really impressed me since he has signed with this team dating to last year. And, you know, with the retirement of Curtis McElhenney going into last season, it, it, it really... I was a little bit worried because, you know, we the Lightning had that solid backup. The guy that where on certain nights, really, he looked like he was. He could be a first he could be a first goalie on on certain teams. And in the two years that Curtis Mack, uh, excuse me, that Brian Elliott has been with the Lightning, uh, 26 games played 24 of those started uh he's 17 5 and 3 with a save percentage of 907 um and a goals against average of i don't know why hockey reference isn't showing it right away but uh 2.70 which is 
I think it's fantastic for a backup goaltender. And and you're probably asking yourself, Adam, why are you making such a big deal about a backup? Because let's let's call it what it is. Um, I'm not saying that Andre Vasilevsky is having a terrible season. He's not. He's 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 ten and eight, ten, eight and one, which is you know, equates to a a nine oh nine save percentage and a goals against average of two point seven five, and that's great. And but this, you know, we haven't really seen Vazzy um, be that shutdown guy just yet. There are sparks and, and flashes of it. But really what I'm trying to say, you know, it's not so much what Vasilevsky is not doing or how he's really performing up to, not to the standards that I think that we expect him to. But I, I think it really makes a world of difference when you could feel super comfortable sitting your 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 main guy uh, and be able to rely on your backup and get somewhat of the same performance. Uh, I was talking with a listener the other night, uh, last night, uh, during the game, where I, I was saying that really that that Elliot was making a ton of great saves. And, and, you know, we've seen it this season where he has really – gone out there and stood on his head in certain situations and and really kept this team uh in in certain games and and allowed them to get things going and i really think in the long run and even over the course of a season even if you know even if down the line you know we start to see cooper really start to ramp things up for vasileski you know start seeing him play more and more often Uh, i stated in the beginning of the season that i really thought cooper was kind of Going to take a step back from that because he played Vasilevsky so much last year, and we kind of saw that fatigue play a factor throughout certain points in the playoffs. But I I think we're going to start to see him ramp him up in the next couple of months and then start start to kind of slow back on the reins. And it, like I said, it really makes a world of difference when you could – Throw a guy out there who really isn't going to be playing a lot, who who knows his role. You know, it's 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 it. The Lightning have been very fortunate because if you look around the NHL, um, you have a, a multitude of teams where the backup and the starter are kind of basically neck and neck for starts, and and are on the same level of performance and talent, and could be a starting goaltender. And I feel like that's a little bit more complicated uh, when you have that situation, when, when you have two goaltenders as kind of an embarrassment of riches as it is, it it, it still puts your team uh, in a weird situation to where at least the coaching staff, I don't think obviously the skaters and forwards and defensemen really care. I mean, they just go out there and play, but what your goalies and your coaches really comes down to is that, you know, you, you have two ones and they think they're both a one, and then that could have potentially, if one guy gets hotter than the other, uh, that could lead to a weird situation, an awkward situation down the road. But the Lightning are in a very fortunate situation with Brian Elliott. The way he's playing, he's 37 years old. He's a vet. He knows that at this point in his career, he's not going to be a starter anywhere. Um, and But he's still turning in those those very good performances where you could kind of go out there as a fan and and even as a player on this team and kind of just look away and not have to worry about 
uh, him getting into a hairy situation or it kind of unraveling in an instant, which we don't see very often with Elliot. Usually we have a couple of shaky uh, saves here and there to begin certain games or, you know, maybe certain situations throughout the course of certain games where he kind of just, I don't know, gives up a weird soft goal. Um, but for the most part, I, I, I think really, you know, even if that does happen with most, for the most part, it really, he, he's able, he has that experience uh, to settle himself down and get back into the swing of things. And, and, I, and I really think um, if the Lightning do get back to the Stanley Cup final or, or you know, at least get to the top of this division, which obviously is, is the main goal right now, I, I think Brian Elliott, to a certain extent, because we will probably see more of him as the season winds down, um, I, I really think that he will play a part in that. He will. He you you would have to look at Vasilevsky's performance uh, down the road, and, and especially even in the playoffs, and kind of look towards Brian Elliott and kind of be and and kind of thank him just because of uh, you know him putting the lightning in that situation where they weren't forced. Uh, to overplay Andre Vasilevsky. So we'll talk about the Lightning's matchup. And, and like I said, a really a lot of good saves that I saw from Elliott. And, and obviously the Lightning played well enough in front of him where it wasn't that strenuous of a game for him. I mean, he, he did have to make uh, 34 saves, but still nonetheless um, an impressive game from your backup and, and, and an all-around game. Uh, as well from from this lightning team as they continue to roll as we uh, start to see them really get into top form for all my soccer fans out there they get into their top form we're starting to see them really become what we wanted them to be in the beginning of the season but obviously you know that that's not sometimes that's not how the cookie crumbles Uh, but looking ahead the lightning will be facing their bitter division rivals the florida panthers on saturday afternoon we'll preview that game in just a bit but first i want to talk about today's sponsor and that is betonline.net now betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting info stats news and analysis get the latest odds and trends for every professional amateur league out there from football to basketball soccer and esports they've got it all at betonline.net they're the fastest and easiest way to get your sports betting fix. So head to the website today or use your mobile device, BetOnline, where the game starts. So once again, I want to thank everybody for making us your first listen of the day. And if you haven't already, please go ahead and like and subscribe to the podcast. If you haven't already, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow us on Twitter at L underscore Lightning. Uh, locked on underscore lightning on Instagram and follow me on Twitter at Danky Dank D E N K Y D eight N K. Love hearing from all of you. And you know, I I heard from some of the the I got a question and I got another question. We answered a question the other night from our boy Nate, and today we're gonna answer a question to end the show from our boy Cody uh, via YouTube. So looking towards forward to that. And if you want to drop a mailbag question, go ahead comment on this video on youtube as well or tweet to us or or tweet to me uh directly whichever you feel comfortable with and i will gladly answer it on the show uh so looking at tomorrow afternoon's game against the florida panthers now i was very critical 
in the offseason. And maybe there's a little bit of a bias uh, in, in my criticism. So the Florida Panthers, after winning the President's Trophy last year, completely bombed in the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, which we are not we're not going to rehash that. I would rather save that story for when Armando Velez comes on. Uh, and if you're just new to the show, Armando is the host of Lock On Florida Panthers, very good friend of mine here at the network. And I would rather bust his chops there and, and see his face um, in real time as we discuss that. But uh, yeah, the, the Lightning are facing a team in which I quite frankly, don't think that they have improved since last season uh, after making one of the biggest splashes of the offseason and trading for Matthew Kachuk. Um, I, quite honestly, I don't think that bringing Kachuk to the team, especially giving up uh, a number of players who are part of your, your, I guess, your core group of players that basically largely – uh, contributed to the success you had last year. I don't think right then and there, and maybe I'm crazy. Maybe that wasn't really the trade to be have made. I, I really think that was more of a kind of a, oh crap, we just we just blew it in the playoffs, uh, nonetheless to our, our division rivals. And once again, we are the laughing stock. And so we have to make some sort of drastic measure. And I really think that's what the the drastic measure was i i think that this trade and and don't get me wrong matthew kachuk will be a good player uh as he he's still very young in his nhl career but at the same time he's coming off his first 100 point season you traded away jonathan huberdo who was a heart trophy finalist last year who carried your team and it was one of the best players in the nhl for pretty much the entire season and I just think that to kind of put, take that workload and put it on Kachuk, at least from the standpoint, a general hockey fan standpoint, I don't think that was fair towards him. And I think that you're, you're, you're seeing it kind of pay out and just, a, just a slight, just because, you know, this team is 13, 10 and four, uh, their goal differential is only plus six. So it's not like they're going out there and scoring a, a bunch of goals. Uh, they they only have eight, uh, they only have ninety five goals scored in the season. Uh, the Lightning do have ninety one, so you know they they do have the Lightning beaten in that respect. But at the same time, I I don't think that it's that big of a difference. I think when and we've spoken about this when it came to Detroit, uh, Nashville, uh, some of these other teams that are kind of. Middle of the pack teams, I, I, I think that the Lightning, regardless of if you're looking at stats, uh, still win out in a lot of instances just based off the fact of who is wearing their jersey um, I, and, and the experience that those players have had. And, and to put things in perspective, Florida Panthers, uh, their, their 95-94 point uh, goals scored on the season puts them eighth in the NHL overall. So, but... Like I said, the Lightning not too far behind. That's not a, that big of a deficit. The Lightning are 11th in the NHL in goals scored. So really not that big of a deal. But when you're giving up almost just as much, like I said, their goal differential is plus six. When when you're giving just as up much up, I mean, that's what leads you to having a 4-3-3 record over your last 10. So looking at Florida's last 10, um, 
they, like I said, four, three, and three, uh, just won against Detroit, lost against Winnipeg. Not surprising. Winnipeg's one of the better teams in the NHL right now. Uh, Calgary, that's a losing 6-2 to Calgary. Calgary's not exactly the big bad flames that we saw last year. You know, obviously they're missing some pieces. Johnny Grudeau's gone. Um, and you trade away Matthew Kachuk. You, Jonathan, you have Jonathan Huberdeau, Huberdeau and Owen Tippett, and I believe Dolakari is there too, unless he's – I think he's somewhere else actually. But you have those group of guys. I, I just feel like that doesn't mesh well with your current group that you have there in Calgary. So losing 6-2 to those guys is a little strange. Um, that just shows me – I mean, you're also on a – you're also on a West Coast trip, I could tell, at this. Uh, they were in Canada for – it looked like – for three games straight and then you go to Seattle and then back up to Canada. So that was a little bit of a tough road trip, but, uh, and that was right after you played Connor McDavid in the Edmonton Oilers and losing four, three in overtime. So you drop three in a row there, um, to quite frankly, two of those three are not really good teams. They lost to St. Louis. They lost to Calgary. All right. The Edmonton loss. I'll give you that. That's, but then you look back even further and you lost 5-3 to the worst team in the NHL in, in, in the, the, the Columbus Blue Jackets. So that tells me that consistency, as evident as it been for this Lightning team, uh, is way worse of a problem. And, and when you kind of dive deeper into the team stats, the power play percentage speaks for itself. 20.6% on the season that ranks them 25th in the league. So that that works right into the lightning favor of of that special teams, and then you have that twenty that twenty percent power play percentage uh, versus the lightning's seventy eight PK percentage. Uh, I I would say that you look at everything in this game thus far. You look at the rosters. You look at the goalie situation. You even look at the special teams and the faceoff percentage. You know, not to get too crazy, but I don't see a reason as to why the Lightning should lose this game, other than just being out muscled, out out you know out out gunned on the boards. Which we've seen these these games against against Florida, where uh, those games will get intense. The Lightning did win their last meetup against these guys uh, back in October, three two win for the Lightning in Sunrise. Now the Lightning get to bring it back home and beat these guys in front of their home crowd at Amelie. But yeah, like I said, I don't I don't look at this team for Florida, and I'm not I'm not shivering in my boots. I, I look at the goalie situation. I'm not worried at all. Uh, you know, you have Spencer Knight, who was the big name for a while there for Florida a couple of years back. This year he's eight four and three with a goals against average of two point six four and a save percentage of nine one nine, and one shutout. And then Sergey Bobrovsky, who you're paying a a king's ransom to, and he has a record of five six and one three point five one goals against average with a save percentage of eight eight four. You know, from the outside looking in and not really watching any Florida Panthers games other than this one that the lightning played in. I'm not impressed and I'm not worried about this team. I, I, I look at, you know, you look at some of the, the players 
on the Panthers team. And and yes, you have the Kachucks. You, you, you have the Barkovs who just recently came back uh, from a little bit stint of an injury. Uh, he has 19 points on the season. Sean Bennett, who I think is going to be the pain in the butt in this game. Uh, he has seven goals and 22 points on the season with a power play goal. Uh, but really what it comes down to, and I, and then obviously you have Kachuk, um, Sammy Reinhardt, uh, Carter Verhage, a little tear for, for the guys who still miss him. Oh man. Carter, uh, Carter Verhage, who, who left the, the lightning, you know, to pursue greener pastures because the lightning weren't going to pay him. Listen, uh, the, the step that he's taken in his game since leaving Tampa. I mean, it, you, you kind of have to sit there and wonder what if, uh, but then again, where do you, where do you slate him in the current lineup? Um, but really, yes, uh, to sum it up and, and, you know, I don't want to turn this into the, the trash, the, the Florida Panthers party, but at the same time, if you're an opposing team, especially the lightning and, and you're going out there and you're playing your rivals, um, you, you can't help but kind of laugh a little bit after what happened in the playoffs last year. And then you kind of see what's going on this year with this team. Um, really what it comes down to for the keys for this game is that the Tampa need to play within themselves. They need to go out there and, and they will have Vasilevsky in net. So you do have, you know, and I, and I think even Brian Elliott out there wouldn't be an issue regardless of who's in net on the other end. Um, Got to go out there with the same energy we saw this Lightning team have in that first period against Nashville last night, and if you do that, I think everything will 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 work out. I, I I think that this team is playing so well right now, to where you kind of John. If you're John Cooper, you're kind of you know even though you are as a coach, you have to make the improvements and adjustments throughout the course of a game. But you look at a game, especially like this, where I, I look at it as another situation where Tampa and Florida will be close for the first couple of periods, and then you'll see that gap in, in the performance start to really show itself, and you'll see Tampa take over as what we saw in the third period against Nashville. Um, ideally, I would like to see the Lightning win by three-plus goals again, um, like they did last night, 5-2 win, but... Uh, like I said, these games are always very intense, always very physical, and that gives me the impression that this might be a very close game up until the last maybe 10 or so minutes of the third period. So uh, really, like I said, the keys to this is the Lightning need to stay within their game. They need to play their game. John Cooper could basically right now at this point in time kind of sit back and let his team go on autopilot uh, with the way Braden Point's been playing. Corey Perry started to pick it up. Nikita Kucherov's been playing very well. Stamkos, he got everybody on this team, especially those first three lines, playing incredible hockey right now, skating around with such confidence, and I think that really makes them more dangerous and will definitely uh, play a huge factor uh, as long as they don't take a bunch of penalties tonight. I think the Lightning will somewhat cruise into victory tonight against their divisional foes. So wrapping things up on the show, like I said, today we are – once again, answering some fan uh, fan listener mailbag questions. Uh, I, I, I love that we're starting to get in a little bit of a groove, two shows in a row with this. So once again, if you want to send in some questions or, or have a, a question or an observation that wants to be addressed on the show, go ahead and comment on this video below or tweet to us, tweet to me. 
Danky Dank, D-E-N-K-Y-D-A-N-K, or tweet to the show, LO underscore lightning on Twitter, or DM me or DM the show. I'll eventually see it regardless. So go ahead and do that. So this today's question comes from Cody C via YouTube. Cody says, what do you think about the defensive lines for the game? They had Hedman with Perbix and Sergeyev on the third line. That was weird and crazy to me, but I thought Hedman, Chernak, then Sergey Pervix, then the veterans on the third, Bogo and Cole. I think I I, I like those pairs, uh, like the like amazing in games they had. I think there was a little typo there for you, Cody, but uh, amazing in games they had the lineup. I like those. I like them. You know, I like Perbix and and Hedman. Um, I, I spoke about it last night. I, I think that. Uh, John Cooper has recognized how well Perbix has played up in, to this point in the season. I mean, I, I spoken about, I was talking to a, a listener last night saying that really Nick Perbix has really put himself in a phenomenal situation and it really all goes back to his maturity. I think uh, Nick Perbix has developed a lot faster than I think maybe the Lightning coaching staff would have predicted. Uh, and that all goes back to his days playing college hockey. And and when you have a guy like that who comes out of college, 20 year, 24 years old, has that maturity, has that wherewithal, uh, doesn't panic in big spots. And we've seen him make quite a few very good plays uh, in his own end uh, that could potentially have led to game tying or go ahead goals. I mean, that really speaks volumes, um, especially when you pair that up with with kind of the I guess slow start, if you want to call it, to what Victor Hedman's had thus far this year. Um, and then you pair that up with what Mikhail Sergachev has done early on this year offensively. I think you really have that nice mix. I think you have a nice mix uh, with these first two lines because with with Hedman and Perbix, and, and I spoke about it on a couple episodes ago, how I, I wish we could start, I wish we would see a little bit more of aggressiveness from Hedman because I feel like right now, uh, the the somewhat I wouldn't call it hesitation, but just we're not seeing that stereotypical headman where he's just flying all over the place on both sides uh, of the ice. I think really what it comes down to is that if he could get the offensive game going, um, the defense will come. That's all instinctual, but I think the offensive um, play, if he could get a little bit more aggressive, I think his confidence levels will go through the roof. And then while you kind of place more of an emphasis on Hedman in his offensive game. I think you have you it's it's a perfect situation for Nick Pervix to kind of sit there and and still, you know, play his game exactly the way that he likes to play. Uh so I think that's a great mix. And then on that second line with Sergachev and Chernak, Chernak, we all know, is pretty much a shutdown defenseman at this point, has done a very good job kind of sliding into that defensive defenseman leadership role that Ryan McDonough held for so many years here in Tampa. Uh, I, I think it's a perfect mix where you have the same situation there on that second line where you, it allows Mikhail Sergachev to, to continue being aggressive, continue to focus on the offensive side of things while also uh, playing defense. But we all know Mikhail Sergachev isn't exactly a, a shutdown defenseman you know he's not Victor Hedman level he's not I I think Eric Chernak's a better defender than he is so you allow kind of Sergey to to 
to do his thing in the offensive side of things. And if he turns the puck over, which at times he is susceptible to do at the blue line, you have Eric Chernak there to help you bail you out. And going back to that first line real quick, I think the great thing about having Pervix and Hedman together on the first line is that not only are you allowing them to focus on different aspects of the game, of their games while they're working together on that line, but you have Nick Pervix, who, like we said, huge surprise to start off the season learning from Victor Hedman, who last 10, 15 years uh, defenseman, one of the better defenders that we have seen in the NHL. So uh, a great situation, I think, for the Lightning where you you have your vet and, and you have a guy who has enough maturity to, to do his job and you don't have to worry him, about him out there, but at the same time be able to play with one of the best defensemen in the league. Uh, so a, a very good situation. And then that third line, Pairing, like you said, it was Bogo and Cole. I don't mind that. And, and I think we'll see Coop kind of slide uh, foot into that mix too as well. Uh, foot missed missed a couple of games. And, and and you know, hopefully we could get him rolling again because I, I, I really would like to see Cal Foot play more often. I think that third line pairing uh, is his spot, whether it be with Cole or at certain times. Uh, with Bogosian, I think if Bogosian's in the lineup, I think Foot's not playing, unfortunately. But uh, Cal Foot's going to have to put himself in a situation to where he's going to have to force John Cooper's hand and and not have to sit him out on certain nights. So I think the Lightning defensive core right now is as good as it um, could get. I, I think that given the absences or or the exits of Jan Ruda and Ryan McDonough, I think this was really an amazing turnaround of events in terms of the best possible result that the Lightning could have gotten throughout the the course of the season thus far. So, you know, like I said, hopefully we could see uh, Cal Foot get more playing time, improve as uh, the season goes along. Uh, can't wait to see how much improvement Nick Pervix makes over the course of the season playing alongside Victor Hedman. I think we will have our moments where he will make some mistakes. He will have a down tick in his performance, but that that just comes with being a rookie. So I'm not too worried about that. But uh, like I said, overall, I think this Lightning team is playing well. I think that right now, um, going into the end of 2022, uh, I, I think this is really kind of the point in the season where what you see is what you get, barring some catastrophic injuries. Or, or bringing in a, in a, in a player, I, uh, a new player, I, I think that the Lightning are in a pretty good situation, and especially with their division rivals uh, coming into Tampa on Saturday afternoon. So we'll be back Monday to recap that game. Stay tuned for that. Uh, and, and, yeah, hopefully the Lightning, I think the Lightning will come out, I would say, 4-2 in, in this game on Saturday afternoon. I think we're going to see more of the same from the Predators game. So, uh, yeah, like I said, we'll be back Monday to recap that. But in the meantime, that's been it for this episode of Locked on Lightning, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. I'm your host, Adam Danker. I'll talk to you in the next one.